This week on Gym Ops Radio, Dave and Brian look at market timing and what to look for when determining if it's time to grow. From assessing your business with certain KPIs and looking at the fitness market as a whole, there are some important trends going on right now that need to be closely analyzed to make that decision for you and your business. Welcome to episode 56. This is Gym Ops Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to Gym Ops Radio. My name is Brian Pritz. I'm here with Dave Thomas. Today we're on episode 56 and we're going to be talking about uh, post-COVID. Um, is now a good time to grow? So obviously there's a lot of turmoil in the industry, a lot of different things going on. Um, you know, there is, uh, you know, kind of two paths that gyms can go and it's um, continue to do what you're doing and try and ride this out. Um, try and work on some things to improve, um, kind of stay where you are, or the other option is to take advantage of the situation and uh, you know, possibly try to grow as much as possible. So um, we'll kind of go over a lot of the things that are going on in the industry, um, how to assess your business and determine if it is you know, an opportunity for you to grow um, or if it's something that you should uh, keep handling what you're working on internally and, and ride this out a little bit longer uh, before you make that decision. Yeah, I think, you know, we're still trying to make that decision, yeah. to, be, to be honest. Um, so, you know, today, I think in thinking of this topic, coming up with ways that we could help folks, it's like, how can we, from our perspective, like help drive a decision that's based around all the factors, right? So it's like, there's nothing, unfortunately, out there that you can just like Google, you know, should I grow right now? Like, <laughs> enter in all your numbers and it tells you yes or no. Maybe we should invent that. But it's like... There's all these different factors and like I'm a very big believer that numbers should be at the root of your decision. Like right. it's so easy to get to get excited or deflated by different forms of subjective feedback right now, but just ultimately zoning in on those numbers. And um, obviously we'll go over a bunch of KPIs that you can be looking at and we'll kind of help steer that conversation for you. Um, and also just like looking at the market. So it's like weighing how you're doing versus the market and the trends that are going on and, and taking them seriously, but um, potentially not overreacting to them. And it's just, it's such a different examination for each gym, um, depending on all of these factors that are going to be unique to each location um, geographically. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it's crazy that you talk about subjective um, versus data. And, you know, a lot of the times, you might feel one way and, and the numbers just kind of tell you something else. Um, and for me and my job within the gym, um, I see a lot of that because right now mm -hmm. it just, it just feels like so many, um, so many things are just not going in the right direction. Um, but a lot of our numbers tell us otherwise. So, um, you know, how do you manage the, the those two different pieces, the subjective and the data, um, to come to a good conclusion and, and we'll go over that today. Yeah, it's funny, you know, it's like, uh, I don't want to get too off track, but just, it just speaks to the importance of having that balance. Like I'll see, I'll see people in the gym, coaches, um, uh, talk to them between classes, just like, how you doing? And they're, you know, sometimes they'll just be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm exhausted from all this right now. Or just like, they don't, I've been caught a little bit off guard where somebody just like, hasn't seemed like super stoked to be there, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, totally just every natural human being's variance and their emotions and how they're feeling that day. Um, but it's like, 
you know, seeing that against all of the positive that we're seeing in the numbers, it's like we still know that there's that kind of uh, variance that's still settling within the actual gym experience. And we've talked behind the scenes about how it's like 2021 is by no means is it a throwaway year. It's like the most important year of our entire business, but it's like not to get too caught up in chasing data points that they, those numbers might be extinct. And so it's like, it's like you just have to step back and take all this with like a grain of salt and not get too high, not get too low, like really assess like the macro version of how your gym is doing. Uh, because like there's, there's, I can't imagine that for other folks there, there's ever been any more variance in how their operation is going on a month to month basis. Um, it just, it, it's, it's all over the place week to week, month to month. Um, certainly has the opportunity to be trending in a positive direction, but there's just so much that remains unsettled. Yeah. And it's frustrating for, you know, a gym that we keep, I would imagine probably more data than, than most gyms do, um, you know, to have and compile all this data over 10 years and then, uh, one year essentially just wipes out some of the importance of all that because everything's so different. Um, and you can no longer look back at like, certain months or trends or seasons and, and be like, oh, this is likely going to happen, uh, you know, come this time because everything's different now. So, you know, you you have to be careful with what data you compare it to, um, you know, as you look at your numbers right now. Yeah, God, that, that's such a good point. And like, that's also incredibly depressing. Like, <laughs> 10 years of all this work out the window. But that is like such a good point of just like, you know, for example, it's like we talked about things we wanted to do in March. Uh, before March started and it, there was, you know, we were all hesitant because it's like, well, March is typically a slower month after the rush. So like, do we want to do this? And we just set records for growth <laughs> in the month of March. So it's like, it literally went from one polar extreme of like typically a very down month to in uh, one of our locations, we had the most joins that we've ever had in the gym in 2021 in March. Yep. So it's like, okay, I guess. I guess that's not a thing anymore. Yep. And it's just like, yeah, it's all over the place. So you can't even really measure numbers against the COVID era from like six months ago. Because I know. It's all, it's all still totally different. So that's kind of like the the point of today's episode is like, you know, we're currently looking at our ability to grow and really taking a hard look at that. And so it's like, how are we looking at that? And that's what we'll hopefully share with like all the numbers and the market trends and everything is like that. And it's like, you know, before we get into actually assessing your business, it's like there's essentially kind of three, kind of three categories right now with the gym industry. And we're at one of the biggest inflection points in the history of the fitness industry. I would have to imagine like a pandemic closing gyms and then forcing everybody to, um, to pivot in some form or do something different to stay relevant. And so it's like first category of people completely miss that. They just were stubborn. You know, I'm, I'm going to wait this out. Things are going to get back to normal. No one's going to want to do anything different. They probably didn't position themselves to grow. And then the second group, like making small hedges maybe are over the course of the past year to position yourself to like either go all in or like maybe be able to go back. And then there's the group that just went completely all in. So it's like, three different ranges across the spectrum. And I think if you're in the second and the third group, you're definitely in a great position right now because you haven't like totally gotten rid of your, your, your operation. Uh, you've adjusted it to be something that people want to attend. And so you're in this position where like 
if you're anything like like us, you're kind of deciding like, am I now going to go all in or am I going to continue to kind of hedge? But the good news is like, I still think there's time for people to make that decision. Um, the bad news being if you're, you've been one of those gyms that's just refused to adapt, spend any money, maybe unfortunately you haven't been able to spend any money, then it's probably going to be a non-starter on the question of like, should I grow right now? Right, right. Which is really sad when you think about, well, I mean, you know, part of it is is their own fault for not really looking at the market and what's going on. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just sad when you see a lot of gyms go through struggles and honestly, not even gyms, just small businesses. Um, you know, we have a lot of friends in different businesses throughout the industry or throughout the um, community. And it's just like, it's really tough to see just the stress and all the, the craziness that everyone's kind of going through. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's tough to, be one of those people going through that. Yeah, also true. <laughs> um, all right, so we're kind of breaking this down into three categories today. Um, first category being assessing your business. Second category, I, I lied, two categories. Second category being assessing the market. And we have a couple of subcategories for assessing the market. So um, in leading off talking about assessing your business, so essentially we're talking about looking at our, our key performance indicators, our KPIs, um, really kind of guiding the way on whether or not we should grow. You know, I think you can look, you can tell a lot about your business by the way that the most important numbers are trending. And that is like the least, that's like the lukewarmest take ever. <laughs> uh, but I think sometimes like it's easy to neglect that stuff out of excitement on like what's happening that month. So like, for example, I'll use the March example. Like we just had a, a great month of joins, um, on a monthly perspective, but it's like, how does that stack up against zooming out over the course of the last few months and really taking like a good hard look at the collective results of, of how your gym is doing. So the first one of those for us, and it's nothing that we haven't talk, talked about before, but it's leads. So, um, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about through specifically the lens of like you observing the health of our ability to grow and recommending that to other people. Like, how are you looking at leads in this time? Yeah, that's tough. Um, first of all, we always talk about how we hate that word leads. Um, and we've used it like pretty much every episode uh, since we <laughs> talked about how much we hate it. But, um, you know, again, this is difficult because the the business landscape has changed and we've been we've forced um, ourselves to change kind of how we deal with acquisition. Um and, you know, now it's very different than it was one year ago. So when we talk about leads, um, for us, that's just anybody that enters their information on our site. Um, we have, you know, what you would call a lead funnel, essentially, that um, people enter their info and they go through a series of steps that we have designed um, for them to hopefully take action. Um, and so when we look at leads, we look at how many people enter that funnel and then, you know, moving forward, how many people uh, go through different steps of that funnel. So um, our, I mean, it's been crazy. We, I think we mentioned it either last episode or two episodes ago, um, you know, we had turned off all of our paid marketing. So we don't do any advertising, any marketing, anything like that. And, you know, part of the decision on that was to conserve money when not a lot of people were out shopping for gyms. Um, this was in the height of the pandemic. Um, so we turned all that off. And then as the market slowly returned to somewhat normal, um, to where people could at least, uh, attend gyms again, um, you know, we saw 
our leads just skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we saw just a, a large influx of people that were just looking for a gym, um, specifically in this case, our gym, um, and went through our lead funnel. So we've seen like record numbers of those people enter the system. Yeah. And so it's like, in looking at a 3D assessment of like, is it a good time to grow? You know, I've, I've thrown out everything, um, prior to COVID is like, I, I kind of don't care about that because it is not the same. And I have found that I used to care about that when analyzing the business, the first few months of this, and I found it to be just highly counterproductive. Right. And so, you know, I look back to, I kind of look at August as our first baseline. We were kind of open in August and then September is when like things were like kind of normal. We were inside in September. Yep. And so it's like we averaged 29 leads a month um, in, se- in September. And then that did its thing over the course of the next few months. It kind of varied from anywhere from like 25 to 29, uh, went into kind of the slow holidays. And then January hit and we jumped up uh, to uh, 30 leads again. And then February went to about 31 and now March we're looking at 33. So it's like when I'm looking at, okay, what, what and you're, you're talking about weekly. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm talking about leads per week yep. um, in a given month. Right. And so there's been this range of anywhere from like 25 to 33 and we're trending on the higher end of that 33 in the, in the past few months. So it's like when I'm looking at, okay, is it a good time to grow? To be honest with you, like the main thing that I'm looking at is that front end interest. And like, I don't want to jump to the cancellations and the churn because that is just as important, but churn is a representation of members who are there, who are leaving. Like you have to have the members who are there. So it's like, first things first, attracting people. Do people still want to come to the gym? That is what the leads number tells me. And in the data that I'm looking at over the past few months, the answer for, for our perspective is like unquestionably. Yes. Right. We have no way of predicting the future, but it's like that, that is, that is kind of the great, um, objective data point of just like putting everybody into one group. Does our demographic as a whole still want to come to the gym? And so if your leads aren't where you want them to be, I don't necessarily think that it would be fair for you to conclude that people don't want to go to the gym. Maybe you're just not optimizing leads in the right way. Um, and I would encourage you to listen to some of our old episodes on that, but that is just a really important kind of conversation starter of just like, do people want to come to the gym? Yeah. And you know, you mentioned a couple other data points that like once they enter that funnel, um, you know, do you convert them? Do they become members? And then do they cancel out? You know, that is all very separate from when you're talking about just leads, you know, leads are exactly what you said, just people that are interested in, uh, coming to the gym and for our demographic, are they consistently coming and filling out their, the information and entering our funnel? Um, for example, if, if that number really started to drop, um, you know, that would, that would be a really key indicator that something in the market is telling us that, you know, it might not be the right time for us to start to expand, uh, start to grow, because if we can't have that initial interest, from people, then you can't do any of the other steps or look at any of the other numbers or analyze any of that because that initial uh, lead funnel is not producing. Yeah. You talked about how we don't spend any dollars on our marketing. 
and then all of a sudden we'd become a company that would have to do that. So right. it's like all of a sudden now we're kind of changing, not like our DNA, but we're changing the, our approach that we know to be successful to one that we don't know to be successful. Right. And I would never want to grow with that change in operation. And so it's like I've thought about growth so much over the last few months and like different opportunities and gotten excited by a lot of different options and potential and voids that I personally see in the market. And ultimately, just like I let time corral me back into like, why would we be growing with something that we that is an unknown variable versus something that is a known, a known variable? Right. And so if you have to change your business in any way because you want to grow, I think that's kind of a sign that you, you shouldn't be growing. You should fix it and get it how you want it first. Yeah, I mean, a good way to look at it is, you know, if you have to spend a lot of money to acquire customers, you're essentially paying, paying people to come join you. Um, and that is relatively a tough thing to do on a consistent basis that like, um, you know, allows your gym to be healthful, healthy and successful for like a long time. You yeah. know, at some point you need that general natural, um, desire for people just to come and like want to join you. Yeah. So, um, cool. So yeah. And moving kind of into the next point acquisition. So obviously the leads and acquisition go hand in hand, but is there anything that you're looking about or excuse me, that you're looking for about retention that is different from leads? I mean, obviously you look I'm at sorry, acqu acquisition. acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously you look at the conversion number of people that enter into the funnel and, you know, join. Um, but there's also a very big, just like I'll just call it a vibe, a vibe that you get from the people that you're attracting right off the bat. And if they're into your atmosphere and your experience, um, we've gone through a lot of periods in our history where um, we have had initial front end interest and everything looks good, but they walk into the gym and they're not converting. And you can just tell that there's like a little bit of a mismatch from what they're expecting or what they're looking for and what we deliver them. And, you know, you could look at that as we're not providing a great service or you could look at it as we're just not attracting the right people. Um, and, you know, I, I tend to think that it would be you're not attracting the right people. And a lot of times when you start um, getting away from your DNA and who you are and what you're putting out there, then you might start to get a different demographic of people that really connect with your brand and your gym. So, um, you know, as a whole, I'm just looking at who are these people coming in? Are they good fits? Are they obviously converting? Um, but more so, like, what's the overall vibe of those people coming in and, and becoming members? Um, it's kind of like a dating game. It's like, hey, we matched on uh, this dating app, like, do you want to take that next step? Like, do you like me enough <laughs> to go out on a date or start dating, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, in looking at it from a, a lens of like, is this in an area where I need to be successful? Should I, should I grow right now? In talking about that conversion percentage number, I've noticed ours has gone up kind of slowly and steadily over the past few months. And so I think that that's not a coincidence, that that's coincided with a little bit more clarity around the state of COVID, especially with fitness stuff. So it's like I have to imagine that as part of our lower conversion rates, less than where we want to see them, a lot of it is just like, all right, I'm going to try this now. This isn't something that I'm comfortable enough to join, but 
when I am comfortable, like I'm going to come in and I'm going to join this gym. Right. Or maybe people who are trying it now because things are a little bit safer and more secure, they're joining right away and not waiting. So it's like, to me, that's another positive sign of like, at least in our numbers, conversion percentage going up, acquisition going up. It's telling me that, okay, people are more comfortable with coming in and immediately joining, or if they had waited, they're ready to join now. And I think that that's obviously absolutely no coincidence why we kind <clears> of <throat> set numbers for, uh, set record numbers for growth in March. Yeah. And, you know, in order to be one of the successful gyms, you need both of those to be firing. Um, you need the initial interest to be in and you need the conversion to be relatively, you know, I don't want to say high because, you know, it all depends on the capacity of your gym, what type of model you're running. You know, we talked uh, recently about, you know, if a high volume approach is better than a low volume approach. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of factors that determine what that conversion percentage needs to be. Um, but you do need for your business, you need the right number of leads coming in and then you need the right number of conversions mm -hmm. um, in order to grow. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've been through leads and conversions in looking at it through the lens of assessing your business for growth. Next up, retention. So obviously this is a huge one. Um, we're not going to extol the virtues of like why you need low retention. Everybody knows that. Uh, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. But specifically the trends and when you're assessing whether or not it's a good time to grow. And as we've talked about, this is still continues to be our biggest um, area that we can improve for our, for our KPIs. You know, retention is all over the place for us right now. We are worse by about 2% or so um, over the course of the last few months, and that's measuring it again against those kind of historical numbers. And so, you know, you, me, and Lenny have talked a lot on some different chains that we have about growth and not even about growth, but just our current operations of like, what can we do to keep people just at a slightly better rate. Right. You know, it, it's my personal opinion that our old numbers uh, are, are probably not going to happen. You know, when we hit our record churn, um, at-home training was not a thing. None of the options that exist today uh, existed. Group fitness was still in its infancy. Right. Um, you know, it was CrossFit and it was us. There was no F45. There was no Orange Theory. There was no Barry's Boot Camp. Like, none of that stuff that's super popular. Cycling hadn't taken off yet. So... You know, it was a great environment to keep people. And now that's just totally different, especially since COVID has really accelerated the trend towards training at home. And there's more options now than ever for people to go to a gym if they want. So I think it's important that, speaking for ourselves and also for other gyms, that when you're assessing your retention, give yourself a little bit of a break when it comes to um, framing it in a position for growth. So, like, Right now, if we were to open a gym tomorrow, I would be not concerned about our, our attention, but I would really have my eye on it. You know, it's kind of both of our belief right now that most of it is market related and not necessarily P360 operations related. Right. Of course, there's always things that we can do to improve our operations, but the data supports that. Um, but it's still one that it's like, this is a big one because we talked about you have to attract customers, but in this area, you also have to keep them. And we're certainly keeping enough to be successful, but um, you certainly want to see that retention uh, at least at the, at the least be predictable and at the best be trending in a, in a positive way. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the at home options didn't exist or, you know, obviously anybody can train at home. 
um, right. you know, for the history of, of the world. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't a, a popular thing. Um, and so COVID made that popular, obviously. And I just looked at our data real quick. And, you know, 23% of our cancellations, 23% are moving to at-home training. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's just an entirely different category um, that people are leaving gyms for. Yeah, it's funny because there, there's so many, there's so many different studies and there's so many different surveys that you can look at, and we'll cite one here today. Um, but I recently read, and I hate, I hesitate to throw out the number because I don't want to give people false information. But I remember the percentage being a single-digit percent of people who felt confident that they were going to be able to last with at home. So there was a large percentage of people who were self who who knew that they wanted to train at home but were also self-aware enough to know that it, it's probably not going to work long term. <laughs> I so, would be one of those people. <laughs> I think that's a perfect representation of how a lot of us are feeling right now. You know, I, I got super into working out at home for about 2 weeks and then I was like I respect anybody <laughs> who can do this. Like I, I cannot do it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's getting a little bit off topic, but it just goes to the point of like, you know, yeah, you say that people have always been able to work out at home, but you know, when we were doing our three and 4%, when I say it didn't exist, it did not exist. Like Peloton, all these companies were not born. Like you could of course get a set of dumbbells and work out in your garage, but like all these companies now that their stock is soaring, those, those, those were not in existence. So I think it's just a little bit unfair to hold yourself to that standard when it's like the fitness version of ADD right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right in that boat of like, I think, I mean, you made it two weeks. I think I made it like (laughs) two workouts (laughs) in those two weeks. I'm not sure one complete workout was done. (laughs) It's just, and I think the ones I did were with my wife. Like if I'm in in there by myself, like no shot, I will find something else to do on my phone or I'll start organizing the garage. I just like, I can't do it. It's not for me. Me neither. Um, so yeah, retention, a big one. And, uh, next up expenses. Yeah. The old expenses. Um, you know, I would imagine that everybody, every single gym, every fitness program out there is likely seeing anywhere from a 10 to 20% increase in their expenses. Uh, some cases probably more than that. Um, and so, you know, I, I made the mistake earlier of, um, you know, I knew we were going to be dealing with higher expenses. Um, I did not really frame my mind around how are we going to make those up? Um, you know, my, my mindset was a little bit too much. Like we'll get back to normal eventually. So if we ride this out, we'll be fine. Um, and I think this is where, uh, a great, you know, having a, a business partner that looks at things differently. Um, you really helped me with this where it was like, you know, we are a business, we have expenses, our expenses are going up. Uh, how are we going to make this up? So we can't just ride this out and, um, you know, be less successful, um, or lose money or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, we need to establish ways to make that higher, those higher expenses back up in the numbers. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's so easy to get focused on all the things we've talked about on growing and membership count and keeping more members. But we, we so often look at the revenue column that we just forget about that expense column. Yeah. And it's like our expenses are just insane. Like they just continue to go up and up and up. And like, I feel like we're pretty, 
you know, we don't spend recklessly. Um, we don't make dumb investments. You know, we spend our money on all the stuff that matters. You know, equipment, we've increased our amount of zones and classes. Um, all that stuff's gone up. But, you know, this is this is a new uh, style of format for us. It's a new form of oper operations. And so we're still learning what expenses come with it. And we're seeing that um, a lot of the variable expenses in our business are consistently going to be a lot higher. We're replacing equipment at a just torrid pace. You know, we've had to spend at least a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month just on replaced damaged dumbbells, beaten up med balls, things that just with somebody using them in a much more concentrated manner, they don't last as long. And so, you know, that's that's a big thing that it's like, okay, we, we're either gonna have to just eat this, pay for this out of our own pocket, um, or we're gonna have to pass that cost along. And I think it's incredibly unrealistic to just think that you are going to personally pay for every increased cost that happens in the gym. There has to be some sort of middle ground on being able to recoup that through membership prices and through other services. And so, you know, when we look at expenses right now, that that's 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 still one that I've really got my eye on because um, the variable expenses are still just like, quite frankly, like soaring right now. Right. Um, and so, you know, when I look at that through the lens of, is it a good time to grow? The only, the only thing you can do is project that to the, to a new location as best you can. Um, and it's, you know, for us, it's easy to take a lot of those old expenses and be like, Oh, this is what they're going to be, but we know that they're going to be higher. So it's, it's adjusting your expectations for that new location and just making sure that you're planning accordingly. Yeah. And if you have a good grasp on those expenses, you know, um, I, I think you're further along in the line of, of being ready to expand and grow versus if those are continuing to go up and you're like, you don't see that ceiling, like you don't have it projected out where that ceiling is, then I don't think it's a good time and you're ready because you may find that those costs and expenses continue to grow. And that could put you in a position to where if you, um, if you then grow and those expenses go up to where you were unable to project them, uh, you can put yourself in a pretty bad situation at that point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, you need a little bit of, of a safety net to say, um, you know, okay, our expenses are likely going to be capped here and then our revenues are here. So if we grow and we spend some money and we um, do all these things to facilitate that growth, that we have a little bit of a cushion um, to fall back on if things don't go perfect. Yeah, definitely. Totally agreed. Um, so yeah, but we'll, I think we're getting near that ceiling of expenses. Um, the first First four months or so of the year are pretty uh, high for us, which just taxes, insurance, and stuff like that. Um, so we're kind of analyzing those expenses and, and hoping that we're hit, hitting the ceiling uh, right now. And, and, you know, part of the reason of this podcast episode is because we are really looking at the option to grow um, in the near, near future. Yeah, and it just goes to the point of like, so for example, we, I had our variable expenses projected at $16,000 to close out 2020 because that's what they were. And so I forecasted those for 2021 and that was even on the high end of things. And right. that was when we spent tens of thousands on all the, all the new zones and like the squat rack in every zone and all that. Um, so I was like, there's no way that we're going to reach that next year because we don't, we already have all this stuff paid for. Right. And just right off the bat, we've been at like 20,000 variable expenses, 21,000. And it's just like, 
kind of been a huge dagger. But then in speaking to you, it's like, you know, listen, a lot of this stuff is, you know, front end of the year of taxes, insurance, all that stuff you just said. So it's like right now we don't have a really accurate way to project those expenses because we're basing them off a 2020 number versus a super elevated 2021 number. So it's like we have to do our best to kind of average those, project those out and look at, okay, where is this likely going to land to grow? And it's very challenging. It's why like, you know, it's why you have to like, when you're looking, when you're looking at these expenses, it's like being able to, you know, for the first few months, I was just like, oh, you know, the expenses will die down or the equipment will die down. It's like, those will die down. But now I'm like, okay, this is actually a thing. Like we are going to actually have, yeah, we are actually going to have to spend this much every month on equipment. So, okay. So now we adjust our expectation. We adjust those, that expense has to go up. Now it becomes a question of like, okay, now where do we counter that with revenue? And is this sustainable for us moving forward to, you know, sink our, um, you know, sink debt, sink our own money into a new equipment. And it's, it's, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge variable that we're still trying to kind of wrap our minds around. Yeah. I remember, you know, before all of this, it was like, we would make a big equipment order and it'd be like, that's it for a few years. We're good. And now, <laughs> yeah. now it's like, we make a big equipment order. It's like, ah, we're good for about 30 days. <laughs> I know. And it's like, we've bought, you know, one of our local, God, I just, I really want to say them by name, but I'm not, um, <laughs> You know, our local equipment provider just sold us shit dumbbells. Yeah. And we've basically learned that it's like we've had to replace these extremely quickly. And so it's like, yeah, you know, that's another aspect of things that like we're still trying to work out. Who is our new fitness provider? Um, Who's our new fitness provider when nobody has equipment available? Yeah. It's just like, so a lot of these things matter too. Is like you have to assess quality so much more because it's like these things truly have to last now. Um, so expenses is definitely a hard one when you look at assessing the business and the position to grow, because you have to be able to separate, uh, what is temporary, what's permanent and what's kind of in between and which way is it going to lean? Exactly. And you know, that kind of brings us to the margins. So, you know, you've got your front end funnel, you've got your retention, you've got all these things that are bringing in revenue. Um, and then obviously you've got your expenses that likely have grown. Um, and all that brings us to your margins and, you know, we kind of throw out, um, 30% um, as a good profit margin. And if you're not at 30%, um, you know, pump the brakes in terms of growth. Um, you are not there. I've seen a lot of gyms that are like, oh, we're doing okay um, with our, you know, first location or whatnot. So we're going to open up a second one and they're nowhere near, you know, 30% profit margins. And that just puts them in a terrible position because most people do not understand the, just the extra resources, manpower, coaches, equipment, everything that goes into some sort of growth plan. Um, and so then you start spreading yourself extra thin um, and put yourself in a really bad position. Yeah, we talked about in, in the episode a couple ago about like things we would do over. And like I, I couldn't even tell you what our profit margins were when we opened our second location because we just <laughs> – <laughs> didn't look at it that closely. You know, we thought like, like packed classes, like let's grow. Yep. And you know, there's growing. Uh, I, I would just blanketly say that like, if you can grow, you should grow. Like to be able to achieve the economies of scale of multiple locations is a significant 
benefit towards making a career in gym ownership. But you obviously have to be able to make that work. And like, if your margins aren't at that 30% or higher, then just like exactly like you said, hit the brakes, find out where you can clean it up, bring expenses down, bring revenue up, get that model just a little bit tighter so that you can just seamlessly transfer that into the second location. And now you're not trying to figure out your model with not just one location, but the added stress of two locations while trying to fill that gym too. Uh, That would be a very tall order. Yeah, I know most people, most gyms, um, you know, if you look at like the popularity of a lot of podcasts and um, articles and advice and stuff like that, you see the majority of people flocking towards like how to grow my gym in terms of like how to get more members, how to mm-hmm. do Facebook advertising to get more members. Um, the easiest thing you can do is if you're struggling um, and you're looking for like better margins and you know, instead of looking at how can I add more members or more revenue, look at how can I um, be more optimized in my current model and make the same amount of revenue, but make a higher profit because 99% of the time you can just look through your numbers. You can look through your operations and say, okay, we can do this more efficiently. We can spend less here. We don't need this service that doesn't really help us, um, you know, cut certain things out and just have a much more efficient, profitable model. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there's, there's times where, you want to be like really intense of just like optimizing the business. And there's times where like you can take your foot off the gas and be a little bit more about, um, you know, I, I hate to pit like experience versus um, the business numbers against one another because I believe they actually work together. But it's like the, the, the time to be obsessed about your business is now. Like this is where it's the industry is changing. This is like if you're not making certain moves – forget growing, you're not going to survive it as we've seen from a lot of gyms in our area. Like I've seen, I've seen what I presume to be popular gyms close. And I have to imagine it's just because they, they either weren't ready for that or they weren't comfortable with making the necessary business decisions to do that. And so in looking at the margins, that's the one that it's like, you can't, you can't ignore poor margins. If your margins are you know, in the teens or they're going the wrong way, then it is an inevitability that you are going to go out of business. That's the beauty of looking at things that are numbers related. So it's like, you need to be focused on driving up those margins right now. Not because, not for the sake of like, you've got to make as much money as you can right now. But if your margins are going up, then it means your business is getting healthier. It means that it means that people want to be there more because they're either staying longer or they're coming at a higher rate or likely both. And so the single biggest takeaway for me when looking at a gym's ability to grow is like, if somebody were to ask me their opinion, hand me, their finance, their financials, like if that, if those margins aren't there, I would just be like, don't. Right. Um, and that's what I'm looking at for us as well, because it's like, yes, we have our issues right now. Uh, those are a part of the whole picture, but the whole picture is still very positive. Right. And so it's like, that's where it's like, okay, we are where we need to be. I don't need to freak out over this one aspect of it because I've got, you know, four or five other KPIs that are pulling their weight and not canceling out the negative ones, but they're just outperforming them. Right. Um, And so that's why I think that's just like so important to, to zoom out and look at the aggregate. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, You know, let's move on to assessing the market. So um, I'm excited because you put together a bunch of numbers um, just about the industry and the market as a whole. Um, So I'm I'm very interested to see, um, you know, where you came up with these or where you got them from and kind of some explanations behind them. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, I'm sure others out there, like they try to Google, like, what are the trends in fitness in 2021? Like I've Googled that maybe once a week for the last 12 weeks um, because I just want to see the data with it. And I have personally found there to be a lot of mixed reporting. Mm -hmm. I think depending on the bias of the person or the study reporting it, you're going to get a little bit different outcomes. So I've kind of purposely chosen this one. Um, I do... uh, I forget the website, but it was a survey of 4,500 people across over 120 countries. Um, That's not a lot of people, and that's a lot of countries. So that immediately tells me, like, take this with a huge grain of salt. But I chose it because I want to, you know, I like to look at, I don't want to, I don't want to just look at information that confirms my bias, right? Right. I want to look at information that's disconfirming, that tells me, like, this is not a good idea. Right. Because I have my beliefs that I know to be good ideas for our growth, but I want to measure that against data that says, that says otherwise. Right. Right. And so it's like, and looking at this particular study, it just, it, it, it does paint some bleak numbers for trends in the industry and people working out at home. And so when you said a survey of 4,500, that's 4,500 individual people. Yeah. Right. 4,500 people. Okay. Um, so, so very small, but I think you can extrapolate from that. Right. Um, so I'll just read through, through some of the results that showed um, exercising outdoors, according to the survey, is the most popular fitness trend going into 2021. And it said that 59% of active adults will choose activities like running, hiking, training outside as the best way to stay fit in 2021. That is up 14% from the start of 2020. So pre-COVID, summary of that is 14% are more likely to want to exercise outside. Um, the three fastest growing fitness trends among active adults going into 2021 are at home fitness equipment up 50%. Wow. Personal trainers and nutritionists up 48%. So there's a huge opportunity for gym owners. Uh, we have invested heavily into personal training and nutrition coaching and then online fitness courses, classes, and subscriptions up 17%. I was kind of surprised that that wasn't up a little bit higher, but I think, I'd be curious to know how they broke down at-home fitness equipment versus online fitness courses, classes, and subscriptions. Right. Um, but those are just up massively. So some of that is up 50%. Um, home fitness is growing explosively amongst active Americans and gym members. Active American adults saw a significant increase in both at-home fitness equipment, up 218%, and online fitness up 135% as the best ways to achieve fitness goals in 2021. Biggest loser of 2021 is memberships to gyms, health clubs, (laughs) and group exercise classes. 60% of active adults see gyms and health clubs. uh, Excuse me, 60% fewer active adults see gyms as the best way to stay fit in 2021. Only 15% of current gym members think a gym membership is the best way to achieve their goals this year. A 63% decline from pre-COVID. And nearly three-quarters of gym members, 71%, say that running and other outdoor activities or at-home fitness options are the best way to achieve their goals. 71% say that not being in the gym is the best way to achieve their goals. That's insane. That's fucking sobering. Yeah. That is sobering data. And this is one that I, that I have pointed out the flaws in it, but the last thing I want to be is that person that's like, look at this data, but then don't listen to it because of the flaws. Right. You know, this is just very... Um, you know, it, it, it is one survey, one study, but there's some things that everybody in there should be listening to. And, you know, 
the three of us, you, myself, and Lenny talk about trends all the time, and we're very, uh, we're very aware of them and we pay attention to it, but I think that we don't let that dictate what we do because we do see that there's still that enormous opportunity. And it's like, uh, um, you know, Warren, Warren Buffett has a quote about, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like when others, when others are excited, be fearful. When others are fearful, be excited. It's kind of like his approach um, to investing. And mm-hmm. he has that quote somewhere. And I, I agree with that. And I listen to really smart people like that who are, much much smarter than I am and know much more about market trends than I do. And I, I do agree with that because I think there's going to be so many people that run from trying to be a gym because they just think everybody is going home, they're going outside. Uh, but there are still so many people that are going to want to come to a gym and are going to want the coaching and the community experience and the group camaraderie and the motivation, all the things that come with that. So that's kind of where we're at in looking at all this data. Yeah, that's some pretty crazy numbers. Um, you know, while that does look bleak, I would also pose the other side of that. And you say, to be a successful gym, you only need 1% of your local market. If that. If Well, yeah. I mean, you know, for us, if we had 1% of the local market, we would, you know, we'd be doing extremely well. So, yes, the numbers and the percentages um, of at home, outdoor, all that stuff are way up. Um, but in order to be a successful gym, you only need 1% or less than 1% to have a successful gym. So, um, you know, I think that's why you can take that data and say, yes, it looks bleak, but also there is an opportunity that if we can be the best gym of those survivors in the industry, then we can still easily capture that 1%. Exactly. And that's why I like looking at those trends so much because I see those numbers and I believe them to be real. Mm -hmm. I I don't dispute those numbers at all. But then I look at our numbers and I see a couple things, right? I see uh, our uh, our cancellations are up. So we've talked about how so many options for folks, like we expect that those cancellations are going to be higher than Mm pre-COVID. But we are seeing just as much, if not more, interest on the front end of people wanting to join. Right. So – we're able to see kind of uh, both representations of the points we've just made, right? So we're able to see the cancels of these numbers being real. But as we've said, we believe there is still so much of a demand for people to come to a gym if it's done the right way. Uh, we, we think we're doing it the right way. We at least try to. And so we see, we've seen a ton of joins. You know, We just talked about March being a record for one of our locations for the amount of people who've joined. So if you're looking at your gyms, you know, Don't be the idiot who ignores the trends, who doesn't plan for them, but also don't be somebody who overreacts so much that like you have no control over consumer behavior. Consumers are going to do what they think is best for them and and what they're most attracted to. And I don't think there's any reason why a local gym can't still really attract people to come into them just because like these trends of people going at home are significantly increased. Yeah, absolutely. I had a really good point and then I lost it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> which happens a lot. Yeah, these so days. that's you know it, it ties into the point of like you know with, with with our current assessment of whether or not we want to grow right now. Um, you know, we have decided that that we do want to grow right now, and we, we've factored in all of these things. And it, it'd be so easy to you know in the cancellations when it when it pops up of just like reason for reason for canceling training at home. You know reason for canceling, like scared of COVID. It would be so easy to just subjectively cherry pick those and be like, okay, uh, we can't, 
we can't grow because so many people are still uh, their their behavior has been permanently altered. Right. But when you're looking at a cancellation form and you're looking at a cancellation roster, unfortunately, what's not visible on that roster is the 95 to 96 percent of people who are are continuing to stay. Right. It's like so easy to just look at that list. Here's your cancels. Like I would love to see the. 650 people who aren't canceling <laughs> on paper as a list to be like, okay, like this, this is, there's still so much weight behind the gym experience that, um, you know, I think, I think you and I kind of like to pride ourselves on like, not just, not just thinking like people are always going to want to come here. We work really hard to try to continuously, um, to continuously earn that. But, you know, even in that lens of just like, okay, like th- there's, that at least through the first 12 months of this, like quote COVID world, like we have seen that, uh, at least for our, our lens, like the gym is, is primed to still be able to do quite well if we're, if we're catering to the needs of what people want to see. Yeah. You mentioned something that kind of resonated with me when you said behavior, how many people's behaviors are permanently altered. Um, and that struck with me because I am somebody who's pretty set in their ways and like it's really hard for me to make changes like real lasting changes on certain things. And I think that the majority of people are like that. You know, there are, there are books, there are courses, there are podcasts all about how to change your core behaviors. <laughs> yeah, true. And and because it is such a hard thing. If it was something easy, you know, there wouldn't be so much time and resources dedicated to the subject. Um, but the point being is, you know, how many people are having their behaviors per, uh, permanently altered to do these other types of fitness things that they're not accustomed to doing mm-hmm. um, versus how many people are going to do that for a little bit and then ultimately be like, in my DNA, I'm a gym goer, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they likely will return to the gym at some point. So, um, you know, that's another reason that I think that the gym industry as a whole is still going to be strong even after all of this because um, yes, you'll lose a certain number of people, but a lot of those people will ultimately be back in the gym atmosphere at some point. That's a really good point. I think if you're a gym goer, you're still going to be a gym goer. I think if you are in the middle, then you're going to lean one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's still opportunity to convince those people to lean your way by doing things in a manner that makes people feel safe, provides value that's worth their time and energy to come into the gym. And I think if, if places aren't losing sight of that, um, then there's still just, there's so much opportunity. Yeah. It's just like, it's like buying the dip, right? It's like how people tell you to do that in investing, like buy low, it's pick your cliche for any sort of like financial term. And I, I think it's my opinion, like maybe this will be completely wrong, but I just think in a couple of years, whenever this truly, truly, like, whenever we are truly out of this era, I think that we're going to be looking at this current era as one of the best opportunities to solidify yourself as a gym um, and to kind of take your your best foot forward and continuing to grow. Yeah, and a lot of gyms are going to be capitalizing on that. Yeah. So. Hopefully we're one of them. Yeah, hopefully. Yes, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so that's a little bit just about the macro industry market. And then finally, kind of bringing up this conversation – um, when you're assessing the market, you want to look micro. So you want to look at your local market. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, those numbers that you just presented are pretty overwhelming. You know, that basically says that everybody's leaving gyms and doing outside or at home or whatever. Um, and I think that that, you know, 
that's more of a global look. You mentioned there was what, like 122 countries surveyed as part of the, that 4,500 people. So, um, you know, that's just one data point that you can look at, but you also have to look at what's going on in your actual local market. Mm-hmm. Um, because for us, um, you know, in San Diego, I don't feel that effect as much as probably some other places. Um, Which effect? That like everybody's going for, you know, going for runs outside and leaving gotcha. gyms yeah. and working out at home. Like, yeah, of course, there, there are a lot of people doing that. But the feeling I get from the local market is that's not what everybody's doing. Um, you know, obviously from our numbers, we can tell that there still are a lot of people that are looking for gyms. Um, you know, we can look around the market and say how many gyms here in San Diego are closing. Um, and I don't know, you, maybe you look at this more than I do. Um, I don't look at it a ton, but like, I think I've only heard of two or three in San Diego that have closed. Um, there's probably more, but it doesn't seem like any of the major players. Um, and you know, the alternate side to that is the majority of gyms are open and doing well enough to survive. So that tells us that our market here in San Diego might be a little bit different than the national market. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I've heard all sorts of statistics about like, um, predictions for gyms that are closing, actual gyms that are closing. And unfortunately you can't just Google like what gyms have closed in San Diego. Um, but I've seen very little and I don't know if that's coming. I don't know if that was everybody's massive overreaction to all this and that like thinking that brick and mortar was going to be dead. Mm -hmm. But, um, it just kind of goes into the greater conversation about looking at all those scary numbers and the data. And you know, what stuck out to me the most about that data is it's all what people think will be best for them in 2021. So it's like, what are people buying to do? What are they, um, one of the questions was like, was genuinely like, what do they perceive to be the most uh, beneficial for them? So I would love to see where this, where we are this time in 2022. Yeah. Because I think like that's going to be the real differentiator is like, are all of these people sticking with the at-home stuff? Right. I totally agree with you on your point on, I don't think people just change overnight and go from never being able to work out to all of a sudden like, they're this dedicated at home person. And so it's just like having faith in your operation, paying attention to the data, paying attention to the studies, and then, you know, learning from those studies. If people aren't feeling safe to go to the gym, you can easily make your space safer. You know, you can control the narrative of your own local establishment. You know, the narrative nationally is gyms are scary and going into businesses is going to get you COVID and, um, you know, there's nothing you can do, nor should you do to try to change that narrative, but you can control that with how you present your business to consumers. And so I think that's just such an important takeaway with like for any business, but especially when you're looking to grow is like, put that at the forefront. We've talked a lot about that. Um, you know, how we kind of try to over communicate that on measures that we're doing. Um, but there's just, there are ways that you can still control your own destiny with it. And, um, I think certainly making the decision to grow is is one of them. Yeah, and I don't think that looking at other gyms, you know, with such like a fine lens is always the right thing to do. But in this situation, I think it's tremendously helpful to look in your market and say, um, you know, these gyms are the ones that are staying open and doing well, and this other group are the ones that are struggling or went out of business, and and try to understand why. Mm-hmm. both of those exist. Why is, you know, this gym 
not succeeding and why is this gym seem to be thriving and you can pick you know some of the things that they're maybe doing or communicating and start to um, you know adopt some of those things inside your gym so that the market is aware that you're doing um, you know the same thing obviously like safety is is a great example you know if all those gyms that are staying open and thriving are constantly communicating the processes that they're putting in place to keep people safe then you know that is something that you can adopt and start to lean on um, a little bit more with your business yeah I mean I still do that like I consider ourselves to be among the fortunate who are doing pretty well right now but I, I constantly am trying to look at other gyms to see like is anybody doing anything better? Is anybody doing something that we haven't even thought of? Like right. what out there is, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see, you know, the trend is distancing, the trend is zones, it's space and workouts, but we're going to see so many offshoots of that as this settles. And so like, what are places doing that could potentially be an improvement over what we're doing? Is there anything that can take us to a next level? Is there anything that can keep us an extra 1% of members? And so it's just like in that constant evaluation of those who are successful. Right. Um, and then the other opportunity right now in the in your micro market is just the actual market, like the real estate market. And so what do rent prices look like? Um, chances are they're way down, not in San Diego apparently, <laughs> but chances are in other areas that it's probably a great opportunity to fill a space that's been vacant. You know, landlords don't like to leave spots vacant. Um, it's a great opportunity to be able to swoop in and get really favorable terms. You know, we all know as gym owners what we need to be successful and the one that all of us agree on is that rent abatement. You know, if we can negotiate some free rent to start, then man, it is just such a leg up to be successful. Mm -hmm. And we have, we have found in preliminary conversations that um, you're able to get that. So we, we've, we've been granted, um, you know, at least an audience and somebody being receptive to give us free rent in a manner that has previously been shut down on levels that we're, that we've requested. Right. Um, is the actual price per square foot down? Is the actual rent cheaper? Uh, could a place maybe be, give you a little more wiggle room in TI? Um, can you, can you negotiate, you know, really favorable extension terms? So it's not just like, you know, you sign a favorable five-year term, but you're able to say like, Hey, I know you need this space filled right now. So, you know, we want to come in and do it, but we want assurances over 15 years that we can get a specific price. Um, and then also just COVID protection language. You know, maybe you can throw something in there about, um, you know, you don't have to pay rent or you have to pay a smaller amount of rent if COVID determines that you have to shut down. So um, there's all sorts of creative opportunities to um, mitigate the actual risk of signing a lease right now, you can mitigate it in ways that you maybe otherwise couldn't with just much more value out of that lease, out of that lease and giving yourself more favorable terms. And there's also opportunities to take over existing leases of other gyms or other businesses. Um, you know, a yeah, lot of, a lot of businesses that are struggling or that have gone under, um, you know, you have the opportunity to buy their business for pennies on the dollar or, you know, maybe take over their lease. Maybe they have a really good lease term with the landlord, but they're not staying, um, you know, and so you can swoop in and take over that lease. Um, you know, there's a lot of creative opportunities in the market right now that, you know, if you just kind of look for them, they might pop up. Good call. All right, so let's give it a quick recap. So obviously we talked about is now a good time to grow post peak COVID. Uh, looking at all your numbers through that lens, not necessarily like, how am I doing? What am I trying to improve upon? Specifically the lens of evaluating your growth potential. And so 
First up, we talked about assessing the business. We went through a bunch of KPIs, what we call leads, front end interest, acquisition, are you converting them? Retention, are you keeping them? Expenses, are you able to keep that down? And then profit margin, is that where you need it to be? Making sure you're assessing those numbers, not necessarily against all-time career marks, but really over the last year, and if they're trending positively, negatively, and are at least predictable on some form. And then we talked about assessing the market on two levels. First, the macro, where is the industry headed? We know a lot of people are geared towards at-home training, towards wanting to be outside. It's making that determination for yourself if you think that is here to stay, and if so, in what capacity, and does it prohibit your ability to be successful in spite of those things. And then the second way we looked at it was the micro level, so your specific local market. Uh, what are successful gyms doing? What are failed gyms doing? How can you avoid those mistakes and emulate the ones being successful? And then looking at the actual real estate market, perhaps talking to a commercial agent, seeing if there's any sort of shifts, if landlords are willing to be more flexible where they otherwise wouldn't, and perhaps you can kind of get in there on a deal that would otherwise not be available and uh, secure or mitigate the risk factor of growing right now. Excellent. So uh, once again, we did a podcast uh, for ourselves because we're looking at all these things and hopefully it provides a little bit of clarity to us. Maybe we have an update in a couple of weeks. We'll have to see how that all lands, but this has been information that's kind of helped us drive that decision. So. Absolutely. All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. Next time.